Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. I'm catching on the hosel, right? Yeah, right, right. Moving my head. Yeah. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess. Four! Please, Darren Pritchett is now broadcasting. Oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And a pleasant good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app, which you can acquire right now at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search WSBT Radio with the app. You can listen to our programming live. Also, our podcasts are available. Eight minutes after 5 o'clock, 91 degrees in downtown South Bend. And Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat is brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser, the king of beers. Locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Baseball fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving our community while serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, summer starts here July 1st through the 9th. Get details at 4hfair.com. And by Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop, we're new beginnings have happy endings. We welcome you to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on this Thursday, June the 30th of 2022, nine minutes after five o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett from our studios in downtown South Bend. Well, it's been a very, very interesting day. Now, I'm not a big NBA fan, but in about a 30-minute window this afternoon, two major stories erupted in sports, the second being the lesser in my world, as a future Hall of Famer, All-Star Kevin Durant requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. I can confirm we will not be talking about Kevin Durant on the program here in South Bend because we had some massive news today, and this was truly a shocker. Nobody outside the offices of the Big Ten Conference or the USC Athletic Office, the UCLA Athletic Office, maybe a couple of closets along the way. But I don't think anybody saw this coming. As it appears, and this seems like it is a done deal, according to reports from coast to coast, we are about to have another major shift in college sports. In particular, it's centered around all the money available from the game of college football. USC and UCLA are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 
Ten Conference. How about that for a stunner to start our Thursday afternoon? We're going to be discussing this throughout the program, how it affects the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Our Twitter question of the day, already posted on my Twitter account, at 960Sportsbeat, centers around this story today. I'll give you an early tease. It's a simple question. If you were a college conference commissioner, who would you rather have? The two teams that are just about ready to leave the Big 12 for the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma? Or would you rather have the two teams reportedly leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 10, USC, UCLA? You might say Texas, Oklahoma right off the bat, but think about TV market size. As a commissioner, you are trying to gather as much cash as you can in putting together the best conference possible in order to get the utmost amount of dollars from networks for your media rights. And that, from a lot of people's standpoint, leads you to say USC, UCLA. Hey, you can bypass the traditions of Texas and Oklahoma, and there's cash there as well. But that L.A. market is massive for college sports. So we'll get to those storylines coming up. And, again, you can vote for that Twitter question of the day right now at 960 Sports beat. We'll mix in some other topics along the way. We have our sports wagering segment, but I think this intriguing story will give us plenty to talk about over the next two hours. South Bend Cubs baseball doesn't start until 7:20. Pre-game coverage of the Cubs and Beloit tonight from Beloit. South Bend looking for their eighth straight win. First pitch at 7:35. The first pitch of the first pitch of the night. And we are ready for the first pitch. Into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Ladies and gentlemen, USC and UCLA have entered the conference transfer portal. That's the best way to put it. Players nowadays in college sports, they're free agents. If they don't like their situation, in some cases they might receive Maybe a pretty good NIL offer to change schools. They move to their new school and play right away. That's the wild, wild west of college sports free agency. There are no rules. Let's just wing it. Let's go. You want to leave? Leave. Go to your new school. Play the next game that's on the schedule the next year. Well, the same holds true apparently for... Schools across the country. Now, the Pac-12 media rights deal wraps up in the summer of 2024. The media rights negotiations have already started for the Big Ten Conference. But a couple of people pointed out recently, all of a sudden they paused. You would think the deal would be announced by now. There's been a lot of rumors about what might happen. I mentioned the other day, There was speculation, speculation, that NBC might try to create a triple header on Saturdays with Notre Dame being a part of that triple header. They might try to go with a Big Ten Conference primetime game. Hmm, primetime game, Big Ten Conference. I guess being on the West Coast, USC, UCLA, they might fit into that particular spot on weeks that Notre Dame is not hosting a primetime game on NBC. This is a remarkable story 
first off give credit to the San Jose Mercury News, John Wilner. I think he ruined every media member's lunch this afternoon (laughs) by announcing this story that USC and UCLA are well down the line in talking to the Big Ten Conference about joining their league. Thanks, John, but I'll say this. I was kicking around some ideas even late morning how to change my show for tonight because I just didn't like the flow of the show. There wasn't that big story to talk about. Well, John, thank you. Perfect timing. This was the day I'm glad I wasn't hosting a morning show because you miss out on everything. I'm in a good spot here in the afternoon. So let's expand on this. Here's what we know. First off, USC and UCLA initiated the conversation with the Big Ten Conference. This wasn't Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren with a Zoom call out to USC and UCLA saying, hey guys, you want to jump aboard? From everything we've read, the reports are USC and UCLA reached out to the Big Ten. Let's don't forget a year ago, Texas and Oklahoma stunned the country when they decided to say adios to the Big 12 and help create a massive super conference in the Southeastern Conference. Now, when that happened, do you recall what was kind of the next step for the other major conferences? The ACC, the Big 10, and the Pac-12 formed an alliance, which was basically try to fend off the Southeastern Conference and their power grab. They were going to work together with scheduling. To me, I think they were basically coming together, basically saying, we're not going to steal each other's teams. I guess by the letter of the law, the Big Ten didn't steal USC and UCLA. USC and UCLA just called the Big Ten, asked they want to come out and play. And the Big Ten said, absolutely. Let's have some fun, friends. How about that? The Rose Bowl alliance between the Big Ten champion and the Pac-12 champion. And the representative in the future for the Big Ten could be USC. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. But again, apparently USC and UCLA knocked on the Big Ten's door. There was a straw poll amongst the Big Ten presidents, and it was a vote that definitely went the way of, uh, yeah, we need to expand the conference because you have a chance to add the number two media market in the United States to your portfolio in a sequence right now where you are negotiating a massive media deal that is reportedly already going beyond $1 billion. And that's before you add that number two market featuring USC and UCLA. Do you see where we're going here? If you're putting together a package for NBC, ABC, CBS, FS1, ESPN, pick your favorite channel. Pick your favorite network. You want to put together as good a package as you can. And all of this is centered around putting together the best games possible 
to hand to these networks. Look at all these great games we had. Look what the ACC just tried to do with their 3-5-5 scheduling format. You got the three rivalry games. Each team in the conference has those three teams they'll play each and every year. Of course, Florida State and Miami are going to play every year. Florida State and Clemson, they're going to play every year. But let's don't forget the ACC deal is done through 2036, and it's worth $240 million. That's like change in the Big Ten's couch right now. Folks, do you realize what we're walking into? The SEC and the Big Ten are squashing the rest of the competition. They are forming super conferences, and I'm truly not convinced the Big Ten is done. Why would they be done? I wouldn't stop there. You got a chance to put your foot on the throat of some other conferences. If I'm the Big Ten, why would you not pick up the phone and call these five teams and maybe four say yes? To me, the next stage of free agency with USC and UCLA off the board are these teams. Now, let me point this out. I'm not including Notre Dame because they have their stance. They want to be an independent. Now, will that change here very soon? We can have that conversation in a bit. So I don't want you to think I'm leaving out Notre Dame as a powerhouse school. I'm not. But based on who they are, let's put Notre Dame over here for a little bit. So with that being said, if I'm the Big Ten, these are the five hot free agent schools. This is my opinion. I start with Clemson. Now, again, the ACC deal is through 2036. And there is the ACC grant of rights through 2036 that keeps exiting teams from taking their media revenue to another conference. Now, reportedly, that exit fee is over $100 million. That number will go down each year. You get closer to 2036. But let's think about this. Four or five years down the line, when that number goes down, what you can make in the SEC or the Big Ten will cover that. The stunning part of this is, with everything that is unfolding right now in the Big Ten negotiating window, There is an expectation those 16 Big Ten teams will make annually with this rights deal between 80 and 110 million dollars. Reportedly, Notre Dame's deal is 15 million. To be independent, you're leaving a lot, a lot, a lot of cash on the table. If I'm the Big Ten, I call Clemson. And when I'm done with Clemson, I call Florida State. And when I'm done with Florida State, I call their pals, Miami. Once I've taken care of the Hurricanes, why not call North Carolina? I think the SEC and the Big Ten would both go after North Carolina in a second. And the other team, there's only one team from the Pac-12 I'd even think about, and Honestly, they're fifth on this list considering their media size, their city size, and that's Oregon. But to me, 
Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Carolina. That's the next tier of teams that teams will fight over. I mean, it always kind of felt like to me Clemson will end up in the SEC somehow. I don't know. But if I'm the Big Ten, why stop there? If you can put together that geographic stamp from coast to coast, you've got teams in the south, the east, the midwest, and the west. That is a portfolio to hand over those TV networks. That's an attractive group of teams. I'm just wondering if the old ACC outplayed their hand a little bit. Jim Phillips, the commissioner, kind of squashed the college football playoff realignment last year. Now his conference is fighting for existence. And I honestly personally think this, and maybe you'll disagree, but the ACC's in some issues right now. Maybe not as bad as the Pac-12 and the Big 12, but I don't know if Notre Dame going to the ACC saves the ACC. Does that make them massively better and catch up with the SEC and the Big Ten? Absolutely not. There is a huge gap between those two super conferences. Then you got the ACC third in line. And then what in the world do you do with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 that have just been torn apart by these teams jumping to the super conferences? Boy, the Big 12 looks just so different without Oklahoma and Texas. They kind of feel like the old Conference USA right now. And the Pac-12 without their media moguls from Los Angeles. I mean, look at that conference now. The Washington and Oregon schools don't bring a lot of punch to your media deal. Utah. I mean, Colorado's got the Denver market, but that's not massive. You got the Arizona schools. I mean, what is now the definition of Pac-12 sports? I was looking at Twitter today, Cedric Irvin Jr., the former running back who committed to Notre Dame, decommitted. He picked Stanford today. I looked at that. What conference are you going to be playing in? It just feels like at some point, doesn't the ACC, the Big 12 and the Pac-12, have to form some sort of an alliance and put their biggest assets together and try to make this work? Again, the ACC is still better off than the other two because the ACC at least has that media rights deal done. Can you imagine the Pac-12 negotiations now? Again, summer of 2024, that deal runs out. If you're a major network, are you going to pay top dollar for that conference? Wow. What a gut punch. It's really interesting During COVID, when the Big Ten shut things down, Kevin Warren, the commissioner, took a lot of heat, rightfully so. He was kind of the laughing stock of college football. There was a lot of anger amongst Big Ten coaches, players, and fans toward him. He got the Big Ten going eventually, but now look at him. Even though apparently USC and UCLA knocked on his door, His reputation on the street has just gotten a whole lot better. His approval rating has probably tripled over the last four hours since this news broke. 
Kevin's got his conference now in a much better position. It is kind of awkward considering the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC had that alliance, and then two Pac-12 schools leave for the Big Ten. That's a little funky, to say the least. Feels a little weird. I wondered out loud, is this going to eventually affect the Rose Bowl? Will it still be Big Ten versus Pac-12, or is this going to sour that? Could this open the door for other teams get into the granddaddy of them all? The USC-UCLA transition would be for all sports except apparently beach volleyball. Apparently hosting beach volleyball games on Lake Michigan by the Northwestern campus is not of interest to USC. I can't imagine why not. So here we are with another massive shakeup in college sports. We have been waiting on Oklahoma and Texas to get the word that they could go to the SEC early. That still could happen. We'll have to wait and see. But now I guess there's an outside chance USC and UCLA could get into their new home before Texas and Oklahoma. Because that deal is up in 24 in the Pac-12. So I've even seen reports, and I believe... John Wilner from the San Jose Mercury News reported at first that if all goes as planned, USC and UCLA would enter the Big Ten in the fall of 2024. Just a couple of years away from that happening. Now on social media, the people that are against this activity, I think are picking the wrong fights. The last argument that you should use is this. Well, look at the geographics. Look how many miles USC and UCLA have to travel. And what about USC having to go to Rutgers? I mean, who wants to watch that game? Or if you've got Maryland hosting UCLA at 1030 at night, I mean, who's going to watch that game? It's just part of the TV package. First off, you take some of the bad with a whole lot of good. There's a whole lot of good in terms of putting together quality matchups for the networks to bid on. People are traveling all over the place. It is so much easier. These teams have massive budgets to work with, with these TV right deals. They can travel. I can say as a fact, Notre Dame hockey was in Hockey East for four seasons, and we had Two, two-and-a-half-hour, three-hour trips on the plane. Notre Dame has much more stiffer rules when it comes to missing class than other schools. And you know what? Our team did okay. We competed very well in that conference. A couple of times we got stopped by snowstorms. I think one time there was a snowstorm in South Bend, which caused us to wait a day to go to Boston. And then the storm followed us, and we were stuck in Boston an extra day or two. I mean, those things are going to happen from time to time. But using geography as a crutch right now is just not the way to go. Teams are more than willing to travel to put themselves in the best financial position. Because let's think about this. Yeah, geography. USC is going to have to travel time zones to get to some of their conference games. But... There is an expectation that USC and UCLA will double their annual gift from their conference 
by going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. Again, let's keep this in mind. There is a thought that the Big Ten teams, with their TV rights deal lining up to be well over a billion dollars, these schools in the Big Ten are going to pocket between 80 and $110 million. I think that's going to take care of the charters. I think that'll be fine. And if you're a recruit, how many of those recruits do you think will not go to USC because they have to travel a little more? If they have the chance to play for Lincoln Riley and they believe in Lincoln Riley and that Lincoln Riley can make them a better football player, they're going to play for USC. I just don't think geography is going to be that much of a factor. Now, there might be a couple of kids say, wow, I got to play November in Evanston. In Champaign-Urbana, in Piscataway, yeah, it might get a little cold, boys, but Florida State, Florida State, USC, they've come to Notre Dame in October. They get a little chilly, <laughs> but they survive somehow in some way. I think they can afford hand, warner, hand warmers. I think they can afford those big jet engine heaters that you put on the sideline. I think it's going to be okay. They can afford jackets. This is an unbelievable day for the Big Ten Conference. This is quite the home run. It's almost like the SEC woke up everybody in college sports, getting Texas and Oklahoma. Apparently, this USC-UCLA Big Ten flirtation has been going on for a couple of months. Man, how do they keep it this quiet? That was a job well done. So now we are really heading toward two Super conferences, the Big Ten of the SEC. The next question is, is this going to affect Notre Dame's stance of wanting to be an independent? Does this tweak their thinking at all? Let's get into that conversation coming up next. As we are talking about a massive shift in college sports today usc and ucla it sounds like it is close to being a done deal leaving the pac-12 for the big 10 conference i'm darren pritchett this is budweiser's weekday sports beat on your home of the fighting irish of notre dame sports radio 960 wsbt welcome to budweiser's weekday sports beat on sports radio 960 WSBT. Highlight reel one by Williams. Down the sideline, Williams. Chase by Gamble. 20, 10. What a run. Touchdown. Spectacular run. Here's the fake. Meyer looking. Meyer finding the other tight end. Irv Smith touchdown. Five-five rocket touchdown. Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. 5.38 on this Thursday evening. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish. Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I believe we're 65 days away from the opener. Notre Dame at Ohio State. And the Ohio State Buckeyes, a team whose future conference foe could be the USC Trojans. Pretty Remarkable stuff. Welcome back to the program brought to you by Budweiser. Again, recapping our top story today. And this story was first put out there by the San Jose Mercury News, John Wilner. Then everybody else jumped on the story and detail after detail has now been coming out over the next couple of hours. But USC and UCLA are 
headed to the Big Ten Conference. Nicole Auerbach from ESPN in the last 10 minutes or so has mentioned that in 21 minutes, the Big Ten, I believe it was chancellors, are going to be holding a vote on whether to go ahead and invite USC and UCLA into the Big Ten. Basically, this is a formality. It is going to be heavily approved, and the expectation is USC and UCLA will accept an invitation from the Big Ten Conference when that invitation is passed along to them. And then the hope is, at least from a USC-UCLA standpoint, that the Trojans and the Bruins would join the Big Ten Conference in 2024. Ironically enough, I did not know this, but the original name of the Big Ten was the Western Conference, which makes sense when you think about geography in the U.S. at the time. But now I guess we now truly know why. It was known as the Western Conference. Little did we know USC and UCLA would be joining the conference. So from everything I'm reading right now from all the national correspondents, that there's a possibility in the next 24 hours all of this will be announced officially by the Big Ten, USC, and UCLA. So this has been going on behind the scenes for some time, and once word leaked out, Things are going to happen, apparently, very, very quickly. For the University of Notre Dame, they are proud to be a college football independent with their Olympic sports in the ACC, except for the old Fighting Irish hockey team who are a part of the grand old Big Ten Conference. Does this change anything or any way that Notre Dame thinks about their independence and their future, their place in college sports. That now becomes the million-dollar question because as everybody starts thinking about, well, what's the next domino? USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. I gave you my list. The next four free agents in line are Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Miami. With that being said, if Notre Dame ever put himself themselves out there as a free agent they go to the top of the list and everybody else is on the third tier you talk about the ultimate battle for the rights to a team that would be absolutely fascinating now the big 10 has wanted notre dame for a long time notre dame has had that agreement with the Atlantic Coast Conference, their Olympic sports, proudly a part of the Atlantic Coast Conference. But as the dominoes continue to fall in college football, which is causing all these changes to all of college sports, does the ACC look as attractive to Jack Swarbrick and the Fighting Irish? If everything goes as planned and USC and UCLA join the Big Ten, Doesn't the ACC become a second-tier conference? You line up the SEC schools, the Big Ten schools. Does the SEC and the Big Ten outweigh the ACC? I, I don't say, I don't see how anyone could not say that being the case. I mean, Notre Dame strives to be the best in everything. I mean everything. And it's weird to be talking about Notre Dame 
being aligned with a conference that is not at the top of the pecking order in the college sports chain right now. It's the SEC and the Big Ten and these massive rights deals that they are putting together. For me, Notre Dame being an independent, if that's who they want to be, then I fully support that. If this allows them to be who they want to be in college sports, they have their way of doing things, and it has worked out wonderfully through the years. If you're old enough to remember when Notre Dame got the NBC deal back in the 90s, the college football world felt like, holy cow, Notre Dame's going to dominate the world. They've got their own TV network. That is unprecedented. They're still looking for that national championship that they last won in 1988. So that didn't change the college football world as many expected. But for Notre Dame to remain an independent, a couple of things always needed to happen. Notre Dame needs proper and fair access to whatever college football playoff format is used, whether it have been the old BCS, the four-team college football playoff, and if it expands to 12 teams and if the to be a top-four seed, if you have to be a conference champion, that affects Notre Dame. Are they okay with that? But the bottom line is, if Notre Dame continues to have fair and proper access to whatever playoff format there is, that allows Notre Dame to be an independent. They can stay who they want to be. Now, they always want to protect their Olympic sports. They want to make sure they have a really good home, and they found a terrific home in the Atlantic Coast Conference. The Atlantic Coast Conference has been good for Notre Dame football. You get those ACC teams on the football schedule. They go on and off the schedule. It has been great for the ACC. You think about those teams in that conference outside of Clemson. It's not like Florida State sells out anymore or Miami. But when Notre Dame comes to town, schools that don't get sellouts get sellouts. That makes a lot of people very happy on those college campuses. Notre Dame is great for the ACC. I think we've all really believed that the ACC needs Notre Dame more than Notre Dame needs the ACC. I don't mean that to sound arrogant. It's not arrogant. It's the truth. Notre Dame can still live as an independent in football, And with that agreement, with the ACC to have their Olympic sports teams play there, it works out perfectly. You need the playoff access. You need to have a nice home for Olympic sports. Those two things are still just fine for Notre Dame. To me, the only other thing that comes to mind, and maybe there are other things on Jack Swarbrick's mind that could change it, But if there was ever a moment where they needed a TV partner, which I don't think that's going to be something they'll have to worry about, that's really the only other thing that comes to mind. They might have to latch onto a conference, but that doesn't seem to be something that they have to worry about. It's about the playoff access access, and also having a home for their Olympic sports. And 
even after this massive shift, those things align. Now, should we add something else to the list of things that could affect Notre Dame independence? And maybe that happened today because we are seeing a massive shift in the power in college sports. I mean, the SEC has been powerful for a long time. They are on the first tier. There's no doubt about that. But the Big Ten took a huge leap today, and they injured the Pac-12 conference by becoming more powerful. I mean, the Pac-12 is going to the emergency room right now. Look what they have left. I mean, you're basically talking about Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, Oregon, Oregon State, Cal, Stanford. That's not the type of powerhouse lineup that's going to get you a lot of revenue from your next TV deal, which is just around the corner. They're in a tough spot. They're in a really tough spot. And I think Jim Phillips, the commissioner to the ACC, has to be extremely nervous about, as I mentioned, the next tier of free agents are from his conference. Clemson, North Carolina, Florida State, Miami. Some people have said NC State. Not sure I'd put them on that list. Maybe they're a deal with Carolina. I'm not sure Carolina would not take something if NC State wasn't involved. I don't think they would do that, but Jim Phillips now has the four next most interesting teams to look at, again, outside of Notre Dame, who is still an independent. Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, all in his conference. If these teams work together like USC and UCLA, then all of a sudden the ACC looks like the Pac-12. I mean, what's left? Syracuse? B.C., Virginia, Wake Forest. Kind of sounds like Arizona, Arizona State, Stanford, Colorado, Utah. Just because the SEC and the Big Ten have 16 teams, that doesn't mean they have to stop there. Why wouldn't you go for 20? If you could figure out a way to grab Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, what would stop you at this point? And... John Wilner from the San Jose Mercury News, who broke this story today, he tweeted out an hour ago, just let's not forget that the Big Ten may not be done. This might just be the first domino. If you're Clemson, do you look at the SEC and the Big Ten and start checking out what's possible? Do you want to be left in a conference That looks like the ACC right now. It's not doomsday like the Big 12 or the Pac-12. Those two are in really, really tough spots. In fact, they may have to combine just to put something together. But if you're those four, don't you have to check it out? I mean, again, we're talking between 80 and $110 million annually to the members of the Big Ten Conference. You have to do your due diligence if you're those schools and other schools across the country. It is now a battle for survival. If you're not at the big boy table in the SEC and the Big Ten, you're missing out. 
And there are chancellors, presidents, ADs across the country not wanting to have to tell their constituents that they're not at that particular table. But for Notre Dame, playoff access, home for Olympic sports, vitally important. And right now, those have not been touched. But does this massive, massive shift in the power of college sports change Notre Dame's mind about being a part of the ACC, being independent, All those questions have to be thought about. Who knows? Maybe it's just status quo for Notre Dame. They just keep on a trucking like they always have. But right now you have two powerhouse conferences. And now we'll see if Notre Dame sees this whole situation differently than they have in past years when they have basically laughed at anyone who thinks they should join a conference. They have not had to join a conference. They are just fine. They are just fine. The COVID year, it made total sense to join the ACC. That was a brilliant move by Jack and the ACC to swing that. It was good for both parties because Notre Dame was fighting for teams to play at that time as the conferences went conference only. But until playoff access access or Olympic sport home changes, Notre Dame's still in a good spot. But again, it makes you wonder if this change today changes anything about the way Notre Dame looks at themselves in the state of college sports. It's weird to talk about the Big Ten and Notre Dame working together, but the Big Ten looks awfully attractive right now to everybody. Everybody. That is a monster that's growing. I'm not going to compare the SEC and the Big Ten and all those teams. Let's just say both of those monsters are doing quite well, and I think this might lead to a pretty quick conversation about changing the college football playoff format once again. The ACC may not be at the big boy table. Craziness. Absolutely crazy. So, Notre Dame has some things to think about. But maybe it'll be just like in past years. They like where they are, and independence is the way to go. But maybe today at least forces them, as they've always done. It's not like today's the first day, but you have to reevaluate where you are in the whole scheme of things. It's crazy. Notre Dame still has a ton of leverage. They still have – they're a power in this. It's not like they're in trouble. They're going to be just fine. It's just the path they decide to choose. Do they go down the same old path, or do they swerve a little bit and go down a different road? This is all fascinating. It really, really is. And you have to feel like that the dominoes are really going to start falling. I think many people thought the Texas-Oklahoma to the SEC move would cause a massive shift, and the dominoes would start falling. It took a year. And it took two schools knocking on another conference's door to get all this back rolling once again playoff access home for their olympic sports notre dame is still good in those two particular areas 554 is our time we'll continue on with sports beat on 960 a.m wsb in 1922 we began broadcasting under the call letters wgaz the world's greatest automotive zone 
Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. And we're back on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat, Sports Radio 960 WSBT 559 is our current time. We interrupt our USC, UCLA to the Big Ten conversation to remind you it's the summer of winning with John's Auto Spa Double Bingo Game. Grab your bingo card and play for big cash jackpots at michianabingo.com. Don't forget to use the Remax 100 free space in the center the jackpot grows daily by 100 bucks all summer long. Tons of cash and prizes given away at Michiana's virtual double bingo game. For rules and bingo cards, head to michianabingo.com. Michiana's virtual double bingo game is also brought to you by Faith Mission of Michiana, Putt-Putt Fun Center, Bill's Collision Service, and the Salvation Army Crocs Center. Before we go to another break on a Sports Center update, let's go ahead and pass along once again our Twitter question of the day here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I posted this earlier this afternoon after the news of USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten. If you were a conference commissioner, who would you rather add? Oklahoma and Texas or USC and UCLA? I think a lot of people are going for big names, Texas, Oklahoma. Keep in mind, as a commissioner, you got to think about putting together the best group of teams to improve that media rights deal. You got the number two market in USC and UCLA in Los Angeles. But right now, a majority are saying they would rather have Oklahoma and Texas in their conference rather than USC and UCLA. You can vote on this Twitter question of the day right now on my Twitter account at 960-SPORTSBEAT. And by the way, yesterday's question was, at the end of June, which, hey, here we are, I see the Notre Dame football team as a 9-3, and 10-2 type team. I offered you three choices to respond to that question. You agreed 100% with that statement, too optimistic, too pessimistic. Final results, 66.7% voted for agreeing with that sentiment that Notre Dame is a 9-3, 10-2-type team. At 16.7%, a tie between too optimistic and too pessimistic. We thank you so much for voting. We'll take a timeout. Sports Center update is on the way. More on USC and UCLA joining the Big 10 Conference next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy is good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run, Eloy Jimenez. Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's a winner. Here's Darren Pritchett. 
Welcome to the second hour of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. 14 minutes after 6 o'clock on an incredible day in college sports. Right now, Big Ten presidents and chancellors are voting on whether to bring aboard UCLA and USC. They would join the conference for the 2024-2025 Big Ten season. The Big Ten strengthening their position in college sports and at the same time, a crippling move for the Pacific 12 Conference. Still plenty more to get to on the program. We've got until 7 o'clock to talk to you about the big stories of the day. South Bend Cubs baseball starts at 720 here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The Cubs picked a perfect day to be in the central time zone to give us those extra 20 minutes of talk time tonight as we have a very interesting sports day developing, and really it's happening in real time. There is a report from Pete Thamel, who has moved over to ESPN to cover college football for them, that a source has told him that they believe an announcement will happen this evening in regard to the Big Ten welcoming the UCLA Bruins and the USC Trojans to their conference. So this was kept very quiet. We found out about this news earlier this afternoon, and man, oh man, things are happening very, very quickly. According to Ryan Kurtzy of the LA Times, who covers USC football, USC is behind this move. They initiated the contact with UCLA and the Big Ten Conference. It kind of feels like, from what I've read, USC and UCLA are attached at the hip. So if USC is going to go somewhere, UCLA goes with them. But this would also constitute a big change of direction for UCLA and Cal, who are partners in the University of California education system. They would be parting ways from a conference affiliation standpoint. I noticed a couple of moments ago on Twitter, Ryan Abraham, who covers USC football for Inside Troy. Someone wrote this to him on Twitter. Okay, say money is slightly better. Logistically, you're doing five, six airplane trips of three to four hours each way. Then you have road start times, 9 a.m. Pacific, and you're going to be in the Big Ten with Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska, Penn State, and, oh, yeah, Michigan and Ohio State. Ryan's response to that person, money isn't slightly better. It could be triple of what USC was making before, like $70 million more per year. Let that soak in. Moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, $70 million more to USC. That isn't slightly better, he says. That's program changing. Again, I don't believe kids are not going to go to USC and UCLA because they have to travel across the country. If they want to play for Lincoln Riley, if they want to play for Chip Kelly, they're going to play for those individuals. 
Again, this could be all finalized and announced later on this evening. So the Big Ten Conference, who was not looking to add any teams, they were good with their position. But, folks, if you have these two universities knock on your door, how do you not answer and how do you not say, come join us? USC and UCLA initiated this. They wanted to join the Big Ten, and how could the Big Ten turn down the two marquee programs in the number two market in the country? This was an absolute no-brainer. And it comes on the heels of the Big Ten being in the midst of putting together an incredibly massive media rights deal which supposedly is already in excess of a billion dollars, and that's before USC and UCLA joined the conversation with that number two media market. Well, credit to the San Jose Mercury News. They broke this story earlier today, and now look where we are. We might be hours away from the announcement. And to see Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, being arm-in-arm with the USC Trojans and the UCLA Bruins. I mean, if you thought Texas and Oklahoma going from the Big 12 to the SEC was odd, isn't this odder? I mean, this is a really strange combination. It makes total sense from an economic standpoint for USC and UCLA and for Big Ten's portfolio, it makes a whole lot of sense, but it just... Man, that's weird. It's like West Virginia's in the Big 12 weird. Even greater than that. So look how far we have come recently. Oklahoma and Texas depart the Big 12. Well, not officially yet, but it's going to be a, it's official, but they have not officially joined the SEC from a playing standpoint. But Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12 for the SEC. The Big 12 trying to stay afloat, just grabbing at teams. The Big 12 loses Oklahoma and Texas. They add Cincinnati, Central Florida, Houston, and BYU. That doesn't move the needle. It doesn't move the needle the way Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten. That doesn't change their portfolio that they can put together when that next meteorites deal comes about. That just keeps them playing at this point. You take a look at the Big 12 and the Pac-12 without USC and UCLA in the Pacific 12 Conference, don't you have to think about joining forces? Is it going to really help you that much more just to pickpocket one way or the other? Would it be better just to join forces, kind of have a, a west and an east or a north and the south in the Pacific 12 Conference? If you combine the conferences, I just jotted this down. I don't know if this makes any sense, but considering USC and UCLA are about to join the Big Ten, there's nothing crazy that can be thrown out there. But you could do something like, I guess, a West and an East combining the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Here's how it kind of lines up for me. You could have 
really maybe one of the premier teams left between these two conferences, Oklahoma State, and it's not like they're in a massive media market in Stillwater. But you could have Oklahoma State, Kansas and Kansas State, Iowa State, Houston, and then you kind of bring in those three East Coast teams, Cincinnati, Central Florida, West Virginia. That could be one division. Then the other side of this hypothetical Big 12, Pac-12 conference, you could have Arizona and Arizona State, Baylor and BYU, Colorado, Texas Tech, TCU, Utah. You know, not awful, not great for trying to put together a media rights deal, but that keeps you at least being competitive and not falling down to a lower level. You stay at least in the second tier. I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten are in the first tier. ACC's in the second tier. Maybe this keeps you close to the ACC. But the days of five power conferences, that just seems to be over as the Big Ten of the SEC are putting the pedal to the metal and they are gobbling up teams that are quite valuable and forming two super conferences. Let's don't forget, and I said this last hour, I'll say it again, Notre Dame still is in a wonderful position. They still have a ton of leverage. If they see it as still possible to be an independent and acquire everything they need to stay independent, they will stay independent unless they decide to go for the money grab. That would change things. It doesn't ever seem likely considering the relationship, but I would have to think more than ever, the Big Ten looks awfully attractive to Notre Dame if they were interested in making that grab. It's hard to imagine that would happen considering kind of the on-off relationship, but man, that would be awesome from a Big Ten standpoint. You could have Michigan... You could have Ohio State, USC, UCLA, Notre Dame. Wow. Holy cow. Now, for independent lovers, I'm not bashing your way of thinking. It makes total sense for Notre Dame to be an independent. I'm just looking at it from a Big Ten standpoint. If you're a Big Ten fan, USC, UCLA, Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame are your five marquee schools holy toledo i mean that will get you competing with what i guess we would say texas oklahoma alabama lsu and georgia Woof, man those two conferences are living on that big rich mansion at the top of the hill right now but notre dame is still in a wonderful spot they have so much leverage they have so much power If they need to join a conference, they will have no problem whatsoever if they ever want to go that direction. But until access to the playoff erodes or they lose their Olympic sport home, they are very comfortable as an independent. Again, if the money speaks, then I guess we have a different conversation. But Notre Dame's still in a very good spot. They have a ton of leverage. But I have to say, 
the Big Ten has to look more attractive than ever. Doesn't mean you're going to ask the Big Ten out on a date. You can just look and say, yeah, they're doing some good things over there. That looks pretty good. If I'm Clemson, it just feels like they're destined for the SEC. It just feels like that is almost destined to happen. That's why I said personally, if I'm the Big Ten, and I highly doubt this is the case because they were not looking to expand, USC and UCLA came to them. So I can't imagine they're now all of a sudden like, wow, let's just keep buying. Let's just keep grabbing teams. But if they do think like that, you got to go for the big four left on the board. The next best four, Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Because if you don't grab them, don't we probably have a pretty good idea what's going to happen? Either they stay in the ACC and try to figure it out, or the SEC gobbles them up. Then all of a sudden, the SEC is a couple of tiers ahead of the Big Ten and then way ahead of everybody else. That would be the crippling moment for the ACC, like USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten. That could change Notre Dame's outlook on the home of their Olympic sports, which could lead to other things. So to me, that's the next domino. Carolina, Clemson, Florida State, Miami. And again, I say that based on the fact that Notre Dame is an independent and will stay an independent. If they enter free agency, then it's Notre Dame 1, 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, then Clemson, Florida State, Miami, and Carolina. Like I said last hour, can you imagine Notre Dame going to free agency? What that could look like? The battle between the SEC and the Big Ten? Holy cow. Woo! It'll make the upcoming Aaron Judge negotiations in free agency in Major League Baseball seem like absolutely nothing like tiddlywinks or shoots and ladders. So here we are. Landscape is changing once again. Oklahoma, Texas left for the SEC last year. Nothing happened. There was some shaking of the ground, but nothing happened. Then all of a sudden today, you got the USC-UCLA news going to the Big Ten. And now what's going to be next? What is going to be the next domino to fall? What is the next team to put themselves in what they believe is a better position? I just read what Ryan Abraham tweeted out, that he expects USC to triple the amount of money they will acquire from the next media rights deal being in the Big Ten. In fact, possibly $70 million more. Wow. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. But for Notre Dame fans, still in great shape. Nothing has changed as of yet. Just cruising right along. Marcus Freeman getting his football team ready to go. Notre Dame made news today. Any other day, it would have been earth-shattering news that they're wearing green jerseys against California. Appropriately enough, against a Pac-12 team. Or a team that's going to be maybe in some other conference down the line. And let me just say this, too. I've said this for years when we've had these hypothetical conversations about Notre Dame, if they ever had to join a conference. If Notre Dame had to join a conference with the power and leverage they have, couldn't they just go out and form their own conference? If you put Notre Dame 
in a position to be up for grabs from a media rights standpoint, and they start grabbing teams, and they're not going to be grabbing Kansas State and Kansas, you wouldn't think. I've always thought if Notre Dame's going to do it, start their own conference. Why not? You think teams would want to join that? I would think there would be a pretty good list of teams that would be highly interested. But we're talking hypotheticals at this particular time. A few days ago, had we talked about USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, that would have been a hypothetical as well. 6.30 is our time. More sports beat coming up in a couple of moments on this massive sports day. USC and UCLA to the Big Ten Conference. More coming up on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Show me the money. We go with Sizzler. We go with Sizzler. It's time for some sports wagering conversation on Budweiser's weekday sports feed as we broadcast live on 960 AM WSBT, a live stream at WSBTradio.com. And on the WSBT radio app. Good evening, everyone. Darren Pritchett with you. 22 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. Let's recap yesterday's suggestions. All the games from Major League Baseball. Up first, the Guardians and the Twins were playing in Cleveland yesterday. And I backed Cal Quantrill against Dylan Bundy. Quantrill is just a good, solid pitcher. Bundy came from Baltimore. I like to go against him in these spots. So I took the Guardians on the money line against the Twins at minus 110. The game was basically a coin flip contest in the eyes of Las Vegas. We flipped the coin. We ended up on the good side. The Guardians beat the Twins in 10 innings yesterday by a score of 7-6. to six. More good news for the White Sox. The Guardians walked off the Twins this afternoon on a Jimenez two-run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning, 5-3. to three. But we started yesterday with a victory backing the Guardians. The second suggestion from yesterday's program, a little National League West showdown. The San Diego Padres visiting the Arizona Diamondbacks. I like the pitching matchup in favor of San Diego. Mike Clevenger against Madison Bumgarner. And the Padres prove me right. Clevenger and the Padres got it done. They beat the Diamondbacks 4-0. I took the Padres on the money line at minus 135. The third suggestion from last night, the one that did not turn out well. I backed Hunter Green of the Reds going to Wrigley Field to take on the Cubbies. The Reds were the road underdog. I took them at plus 110. Game wasn't close. Justin Steele outpitched Hunter Green and the Cubbies beat the Reds 8-3. to And the fourth and final suggestion from last night's program, we went with a two-team parlay. Dodgers on the money line over the Rockies in Colorado, plus I went with the Angels on the money line against the White Sox. That was Otani versus Kopech. When you put those two games together in a two-team parlay, we get odds of plus 131. That's pretty juicy. The Dodgers won their game 8-4. The Angels won their game 4-1. So a successful 
two-team parlay, and we'll take that plus 131 juice. So it was a three-and-one night last night. That improves my weekly record to seven and five. And now for the month of June, 24, 18, and one. And for the season, up to 14 games over 500, 49, 35, and one. Now we did lose our underdog pick last night. We were one out away from victory in our underdog pick of the night. But unfortunately, the Marlins hit a two-run home run with two outs in the top of the ninth inning to take a 4-3 lead on St. Louis, and that would be the final score. I had the Cardinals as my underdog pick on the money line at plus 100, one out away, but came up short. So my underdog pick this year is now 10-10. and Here we go with our Thursday suggestions and our We Going to Sizzler sports wagering segment on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Let's get rolling with the Cubs and the Reds meeting at Wrigley Field tonight. Kyle Hendricks is pitching. Kyle, do me a favor. Just pretend the team with the red hat is not the Reds, but it's the Cardinals because Kyle Hendricks is going to end up in Cooperstown based on his career performances against St. Louis. I mean, he owns them, and he did it last weekend again against St. Louis. So just pretend it's the Cardinals, Kyle, because I'm backing the Cubs on the money line against Cincinnati tonight at minus 130. The second suggestion tonight, we go to the Brewers and the Pirates in Pittsburgh. J.T. Brubaker taking on Adrian Hauser. Hauser got off to a good start this year. A little shaky as of late. ERA at 450. Brubaker at 4.14. Brubaker can't buy a win. Now, I don't believe in wins and losses for a starting pitcher as an important stat. I can give up 10 runs in five innings and get the win. I can give up one run in nine innings and take the loss. So I kind of throw out that win-loss record. But I'm going to back... The Brewers tonight on the money line against the Pirates at minus 135. The third suggestion for tonight, great matchup in Chavez Ravine as the Dodgers take on the San Diego Padres. Both teams have won 46 games this year. The Padres have played three more games, and they're a game and a half behind the Dodgers because they have three more losses than L.A. Joe Musgrove. Do you know what he's doing this year? One of those West Coast guys you probably don't see a lot of. He's 8-1 with a 2.12 earn run average. Taking on Mitch White tonight. You know what, Joe? Go get him. Shut down the Dodgers. I'm going Padres, road underdog, beating the Dodgers on the money line at plus 115. And the fourth and final suggestion for tonight, it is the Rays. And the Blue Jays meeting at Rogers Center in Toronto. Matt Wisler, a good right-hander with a good ERA, 2.83, taking on Kikuchi, the former Mariner, now with the Blue Jays. He's got an ERA north of five this year. You got to love that Blue Jays offense. It can be explosive. But why not back the Rays tonight? I'm going Tampa Bay, another road underdog to get the job done. I'm going to take the Rays at plus 120 to take down the Blue Jays in Toronto, but I need Matt Whistler to be really, really good. So the four suggestions for tonight, Cubs on the money line over the Reds at minus 130, Brewers on the money line at minus 135 at Pittsburgh, 
Padres, a road dog on the money line to beat the Dodgers at plus 115. A second road dog, Tampa Bay, to win at Toronto at plus 120. Now to our underdog pick of the night. I just spoke highly of Kyle Hendricks. He's going to pretend the Reds are the Cardinals tonight and win this game. So my underdog pick, let's go with the Cubs at minus one and a half runs to beat the Reds. So the Cubs have to win the game by two or more runs to win this wager. So the Cubs at minus one and a half runs at plus 140. Go get them, Kyle, and the Cubbies tonight. That's our sports wagering segment for tonight, 645 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 